This is The Playbook. The Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook, and every once in a while I'm blessed because I get one of my entrepreneurial heroes. Howard Behar is here from Starbucks, uh, several others. Uh, I know Joe Montana. Those are the guys I represented. I don't get excited, but Bob Parsons here with me at the Super Bowl. I can't think of a better superhero in my life, uh, and thank you for joining me on The Playbook. Well, I'll tell you what, it is, it is, it is my pleasure and I'll tell you, I never get called superhero, so I'm, so I'm your instant buddy now. Oh, I love it. Well, the reason you're my superhero is that entrepreneurs can take their passion and make it a backdrop. And, you know, I ran Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment. They made a movie, Jerry Maguire, about it. And everyone would tell me, that's my favorite sports film. And I would tell them, it's not a sports film. It's a love story with a sports backdrop. And that's been... My passion, I played, I'm an average college football player. Nobody would ever know me, but sports has always been the backdrop to what I do to make money, help people, and have fun. Uh, and I never made it my business. And you have been someone who has done the exact same thing, created a great company, GoDaddy, and now you're the CEO and founder of uh, PSG as well. But you seem to be a person that takes their passion and knows how to make it a backdrop and bring the skills, knowledge, and desire to that backdrop. How early in your career were you cognizant of what you wanted to make the backdrop compared to where you wanted to make this significant impact, especially financially? Well, first, I, I would be remiss if I didn't start this out by saying everything I've ever accomplished, I owe it to the United States Marine Corps. Hey, my kind of guy. Because the Marine Corps turned me around totally. I failed the fifth grade. I was terrible, <laughs> terrible in school. The only reason I graduated from high school was in 1968, I uh, joined the Marine Corps, me and two buddies. Thank you for your service, by the way. I was in, I was in, in Vietnam carrying a rifle that following in 1969. I got wounded in combat. But when I came out of the Marine Corps, I was a different guy. Man, they taught me discipline. They taught me to believe in myself. They taught me I had a right to be proud. All the things that mattered. So I went to, I worked at a steel mill as a laborer for a year, right? And uh, afterwards, and then I went to the University of Baltimore on a, a program they had for, for veterans, right? I mean, I couldn't have got into Harvard with a rifle, <laughs> right, right? right? So, so anyhow, I, I graduated from the University of Baltimore with a degree in accounting, magna cum laude. Took the CPA exam, passed it the first time. I mean, everything I've ever accomplished, I owe to Mother Green. So that's that's the first thing. And then as far as, you know, the backdrop, I do things I love to do. And uh, all the businesses that I've done, my first business was called Parsons Technology. I, I had $40,000 I put in it, sold it for $64 million. Uh, GoDaddy, I, I, I put in... Half of that's $64 million because me and my first wife got divorced, her idea. <laughs> so you put everything in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I put my half in, came a whisker of going close to going broke. And um, uh, that thing, you know, became what it, what it became. I made a few billion dollars on it. And, and I mean, keep in mind, I grew up with nothing. Right. So me with a few billion dollars, it's like, holy shit, the Beverly Hillbillies are in town. And then... Uh, 
Were you uh, from Baltimore originally? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Baltimore, born and raised. Yeah. East Baltimore Highland Town. Yeah, I love it. There you go. You can't teach people that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got my ass beat there a lot. <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, PXG. And right now, I run 14 companies. Which is a, probably retirement for most people with your capability. You're you know, not, you get bored ever. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I I just realized that I'm going to decide to, when I'm going to decide whether I'm going to retire or not. It'll be right after I'm cremated. Yeah, you're my kind of guy yeah. for sure. That's so, um, but my father told me about doing stuff you love. He always told me, he said, when you love something, it tells you all its secrets. Oh, I and, and to me, you know, that is so beautiful because you work harder. Right, yeah. and and you do it because you want to. You learn things that guys that are in it just to make a buck, right? They never know, and it really separates the uh, the the wheat from the chaff. I love that. So there you go. You know, it's funny because my head of media here is a young entrepreneur, and he's the one that wants to play your golf course, but he has that attribute. He, you know, when telling the secrets, he finds out things so often, and which makes him one of my most valuable employees because he actually has, he's not just there to show up from, you know, to get his paycheck. He literally explores things and because of technology, we have much more access to the secrets as well. And uh, you and I are a little bit longer in the tooth, more experienced. There was no cell phones uh, when we started, let alone internet. And no. even though we both have benefited, my first uh, exit was with uh, West Publishing. So I actually was in the domain and search engine space with West Law and we sold for 3.4 billion in 95 which back then was a lot of money. And I'm from Akron, Ohio, not too much different uh, from Baltimore. And, you know, unlike you, I, I had uh, made some mistakes because uh, I didn't have the same discipline background that the Marines had given you. And I'm one of the biggest fans of the United States. It, it really significantly bothers me when people don't realize, take for granted what other people are wishing for. And they're born here. Uh, I have never discounted that, but I lost over a hundred million dollars uh, in my 30s because I didn't have discipline. I didn't appreciate what I had been given. You know, I started out wanting to make money just to buy my single mom a house. You know, six kids, single mom. That was my dream, and somehow I ended up running a sports agency with all this money, and I lost everything. What was it in your discipline and character that, as you made all this money, even coming from where you are, and we're surrounded by athletes that have the same problem I had, that kept you on the straight and narrow with the same type of discipline, even when you had more than you dreamed of. Well, here's here's the deal. I um, um, I screwed up so much. I mean, I made many, many mistakes. Unfortunately, that's the way I learned. Me too. <laughs> I, 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 I learned by stumbling, and um, and I. If, I, I bet my business mistakes cost me a billion, I, just across the board. Yeah. But every time I learn something, and you know there's that old Pennsylvania saying, first time you get bit, it's the dog's fault, right? <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, so, you know, it's, I just make sure I don't get bit the second time, because that is definitely my, my fault. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so any, 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 anyhow, it's just, uh, just doing what makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one thing that, that, that I've always had in my life, I never ask anybody for advice, ever. I've never had a mentor. I've never asked anybody for advice. And, you know, and, and that is when you do that, 
you know, first it's kind of, you know, feeling around in the dark a little bit, but, you know, you have breakthroughs that you never would if you're following somebody's counsel. Nice. And uh, that, that has always been, you know, the genesis of anything that we've done that led to a big success. Right, looking outside. And when you do have those voices, because everybody likes to laugh at you, scoff at you, and make fun of you, and then they applaud you, what were some of the mechanisms that you used? I have a saying, right? What you think about me is none of my business. And yeah. so that, that always helped me. But, you know, obviously, there's a lot of people that give negative chatter. And some of them are the people that love us the most because they're afraid for us that we're going to fail. What were some of the mechanism or mindset? Well, that, well here's the deal. Yeah. When I came home from Vietnam, I had PTSD so bad, right? I didn't want to be around people. I didn't feel like I belonged when any, any place I go to people, I didn't feel like I belonged or that I'd want to belong. I um, uh, was always had a flash temper, was always described as one of the most intense people they've ever met, right? Well, I didn't give a fuck what they said, right? I mean, I just didn't care as long as they left me alone, right? And, uh, and then I just buried myself in my work, which got me through it, and later, in, in uh, 2018, I was, uh, I happened to be, my wife arranged it, that I was, uh, I met some people that I took psychedelics in a therapeutic setting sure, yeah. over four days. I've done that as well. And when it was done, people couldn't believe the change in me. Wow. I was, I was a completely different guy. They'd say, what happened to him? He's so nice, <laughs> right? He's, he listens. He's so relaxed, he right? And, and so here's the deal. It had been 48 years since the war, and I finally came home. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Now, speaking of psychedelics, just as a business, I'm looking at it myself uh, because of the healing properties, and I'm blessed to see so many people that have had shared experiences like you. Has that ever, because of your experience, uh, enticed you to invest or to utilize that as a business? Well, I, I donate a lot of money. Uh, probably I have I've donated close to $12 million <clears throat> to help organizations that are doing research and working with veterans. I'm mostly interested in their work with veterans, although, you know, my heart's open to anybody. Um, but the, the, the deal is, and I do a, a lot of public speaking, in connection with this, I don't invest in it because for a couple of reasons. First, I don't need the money. Second, I believe what I have to say has more credibility if I have no financial acts to grind. So and, and now, that said, the people who are investing in it, I have the utmost respect for them because for this to become what we need it to be, and if this all gets to the point where it's all legal, it will be a renaissance for this country like we cannot imagine. You and I share that opinion as well. One of the other things that we share is a passion for golf. And, you know, obviously you have also uh, not only a passion, but understand where we can provide more people better experience. And the game has transformed, uh, as you see, with different tours in a professional level. But for everyone to participate, the game's changed dramatically. And the tools that we use have changed. What are some of the areas, as you share a passion for golf, that you see in the future for the sport, for the general people, the public to enjoy, 
what I consider to be a microcosm of life, the ability to play golf. Well, you know, Michael, you know, first of all, people like less rules. <laughs> right. You know, I own a golf club. Coming from Marine. <laughs> I, 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 own a, I own a golf club called Scottsdale National. We have one rule and one rule only, and that's no member shall get in the way of another member's good time. I love that's that. That's it. <laughs> Other than that, you can do whatever you want to do as long as you, you abide by that rule. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think the game could be a little less rulesy. I think um, uh, this rule where, you know, hitting the ball twice when you're coming out in the sand or, or chipping uh, doesn't, is no penalty. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I think they ought to do what Jack Nicholas has always wanted them to do, that if the ball's in a divot in the fairway, it's ground under repair, for Christ's sake. Right, right. Why right? get out of a ditch? Yeah. And, and you know what? And that is a local rule at Scottsdale National. It is. Yes, it is. Nice. There that you go. Amazing. Now, as far as the 14 businesses, we all have weighted balances and we all need to prioritize it. I have many businesses myself today and I have four children. I have a variety of different aspects of my life. And I don't believe in balance at all. I believe in prioritization and weighted balance, but paying attention and giving attention every day at a minimal amount to either the people that mean most to me or the businesses uh, that I am involved in. How do you utilize balance or prioritization in order to effectuate what other people probably can't even see, conceive when it comes to productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, which I can see all three lenses in mm -hmm. your perception of how you run your life. Well, you know, balance is good if you can do it. I think it's mostly for tightrope walkers. Right. <laughs> I can get all your one-liners. We could just write a book, Bob Parsons' one-liners. These are amazing. But yeah, yeah, for that, and so I, I agree with you. Prioritization, you do what you need to do at the time. And uh, th that's what I've always done. I mean, to get my first real business, Parsons Technology, off the ground, I used to work 60 hours straight, right? I'd come in Monday morning, work all the way through till at 8 a.m. I'd work till... 8 a.m. Tuesday morning, 8 a.m. Wednesday morning, and then about 8 a.m. Wednesday night, I'd start to hallucinate. <laughs> you know, I'd hear voices that weren't there. I'd see movement that wasn't there. And then, you know, I'd get non-productive. I'd go back home and crash, you know, get up, go around the high school track a little bit, and then take a shower and do it again. Had I not done that, had I done work balance, I'd have never made it. But because I did that, I just made it. Right. So there you go. Last question real quick, because I know we have so many people that are, are looking to speak with you. Almost every entrepreneur that I've worked with, and I was blessed to work with some very big ones, like Leslie Buckley, who uh, launched Aircom and was down to his last $80,000. I was there when he had to call his wife and say, hey, can you wire our last 80,000 for payroll? Uh, and then that was the step before the huge success that he became as a billionaire as well. When you were this close, as you suggested, from not making it, what was the mindset that you had at that time? Because I think that a lot of people quit at the wrong time. When it really gets tough, that's when your faith and self and your faith in your activities really come to play. But it takes a certain mindset at that time when everything seems to have been lost to continue to move forward. Well, what well, was that for you? It was in Go, with GoDaddy when um, I had uh, 
had 36 million in cash, and it was all the way down to six. And I kept just, uh, you know, funding cash burn, yeah. right? And um, I went to Hawaii to, to determine, you know, how I would liquidate the company. I mentally decided to shut it down. And, and I needed that mental break, all right? Uh, so I decided not to. And, and what flipped the switch for me, this guy was parking cars. He was my age, right? <laughs> so he comes over, throw the keys in the air, Mr. Parsons, how you doing? So forth. And I said, what's wrong with this picture? This guy has got nothing. He's parking cars. I got six million and I'm miserable. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I decided I wasn't going to shut it down. I would go back to, to Scottsdale, keep running GoDaddy, and if it went broke, I'd go down with the ship, and then I'd park cars, or actually I decided I'd be a stick man on a craps table. Nice. You know what, give this man $3,300 for his superior knowledge of the game, right? <laughs> so that, that's what I was going to do. But what happened was, is this, this was in like Feb, and in October, and, and then the dot-com crash happened right. and I was still paying my bills and where I couldn't buy advertising before I had guys in line waiting to give it to me and that October the company turned the corner and never missed a month since and eventually got to the point where it had a 75% market share worldwide and I made I made four billion on the deal so I mean so so that's kind of what happened and 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 how it happened but I always, one of the things I do is I accept the, I always look at it and say, what's the worst thing that can happen? And I don't bullshit myself on it. You know, some of the stuff's pretty, pretty heady. Right. I accept that. And that gets me through mentally because I don't worry about it anymore. And, and then, you know, I did that in Vietnam. I figured for sure I'd get killed over there. <laughs> and um, didn't happen. Here, here you are, superhero to Dave Meltzer. And I will tell you, I trust Danica Patrick more than ever because he told me if there's one person I have to meet and have on my show, it was you. And I do, please allow me, I want to write a Bob Parsons Golden Nugget book. I just need all these little golden nuggets for people to live their life by. It may be my new entrepreneurial Bible. I know everyone's wanting this to finish up. This is Dave Meltzer with my superhero. Forget Carl Fisher, forget Napoleon Hill. We got Bob Parsons, amazing entrepreneur here at the Super Bowl at Radio Row.